Welcome to today's message from Reach Community Church. We hope this message encourages and blesses you as we dive into God's Word. And now, for today's message. like I want like one of those little baby carriers and I want to preach with one of them. Um, my goodness, uh, my oldest uh, turned 20 today. So parents, hold on tight because it goes really fast. So um, happy Mother's Day. Um, we literally, and Greg stole my one joke that I do every year, we wouldn't be here without you. Literally, no one in this room would be here without a mother. And as much as I, I joke about that, and that's ha-ha funny, and I know there's lots of hurts and pains that are associated with this holiday. Maybe, they've lo- maybe you've lost a mom. Uh, maybe you have a strained relationship with your mom. Uh, maybe, like Greg prayed earlier, you've struggled with infertility. There's so many things that are wrapped in this holiday. And I do want to say this morning, as we get into the Word, um, that mothers have shown us a lot of what it means, and this is my message today, um, to follow Jesus. And I'm going to show you why. Most of what mothers do is unseen. Most children don't wake up uh, in the middle of the night, scream to be fed or changed, and then afterwards say, Mom, thank you. I know this interrupted your sleep, and I'm sorry for the inconvenience. I was just really hungry. Um, You know, when they vomit on the floor and you clean it up, you know, they're not like, thanks, I really didn't want to do that later. When you, their clothes magically get cleaned and put back into their drawers, you know, they're not like, (laughs) I don't know if they think it's like a a washing machine fairy that comes and they're like, oh, there's new clean clothes. I don't know what happened to all these clothes that came on the floor. And most of what mothers do is hidden. And they don't do it for or to be seen. They just do it. And the reason why they do it, and, and this isn't the reason why all, but I think the majority of the reason is because they love the one that they're doing it for. They're not motivated for an accolade. They're not waiting to go to the, the Oscars of motherhood and, and get be like presented with the award. They're just literally given their life, the hidden life that no one sees, The years early on of always walking around with clothes that have stains on them that weren't put on there by you. Put on by a little child that spit up on you or wiped their hands on you or my favorite, their snotty nose. And they know what they're doing. I've seen it. They're like, (laughs) and moms just take it. And, you know, it's not like they're like proud of the snot on their shirt, but they willingly do it. Because they love their children. And it really becomes a thankless job. And and I know, Dad, you help, but this isn't your day, so just get over it, okay? (laughs) Get over it. But it's the little things that make the greatest mothers, the hidden things. 
And so what I want to talk about today is that the hidden life is what matters in your life with Jesus. Not what you do publicly. Not what you do that people see. And we're, we're going to talk about that specifically and why that is so. But I have one question before we get in. And, you, and this isn't for you to answer. I know I ask questions. You're like, does he want a response? And I don't necessarily. But I want you to think. Last week I challenged you guys that have three to five things to be praying for. And I, I don't, you don't have to respond. But how did it go? I would love to hear... If you prayed for something this week and you saw God do something through your prayer, I would love to hear it. Find me at the end of service. Because I believe that that is one of the hidden things that we're going to talk about today. But that hidden thing is really what's going to cultivate us into the person that we want to be. And all the public stuff that we do, really, if we're going to be honest, is just for you. Because... We're getting that acclaim, we're getting that, you know, that honor, whatever, but it's the hidden life that really makes us um, the people that God wants us to be. So let's pray, and then we're going to get into his word. Uh, Dearly Father, uh, Lord, we ask that your word would speak, that you would motivate us to be people that invest in what no one ever sees, this hidden life in you. That you would let us learn the lesson that the mothers have taught us in this. That we would do this solely because we love you. That we would sacrifice extra time. That we would sacrifice this time for you because we love you. And we know that what you give us is worth the sacrifice. The heart that you cultivate in us through this hidden time is what makes us the husbands and wives and fathers, and mothers, uh, and people that you desire us to be. So shape and mold us today through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to talk about um, a section of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Sermon on the Mount is probably the most well-known sermon that Jesus ever preached. Um, And I've, I've been reading this book, and it's it's or. A previous book, and it was interesting because I think sometimes we do this. We read the word and we try to create a law that helps cultivate in us something that we think we should be. We, we read something and we're like, okay, we must do this. So we, we make rules or laws out of things that God didn't intend us to make rules and laws out. So when he's preaching the Sermon on the Mount, he's trying to capture our heart because in, if he captures our heart, he'll have us. But we're a people that want to create a rule or a list or a thing that we do that makes us into what we can only be made through this hidden part. So as I read some of these, um, we're going to talk about specifically three different scenarios that Jesus pointed out in Matthew 6 about uh, giving, praying, and fasting. We can make rules out of these things. And that's not what today is about. Today is about the importance of what it looks like for our hidden life to grow in Jesus, because our hidden life is the only thing that really matters. So we're going to jump right in. And uh, my, 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 not promise, because anytime I promise the length of a sermon, it just it goes out the door. But um, you will definitely get out here early enough to beat all the other church people to a great eating place. Okay? Okay. Promise. Uh, even if I finish on time, it's still early. Okay? Um, 
But we're going to jump in to uh, Matthew uh, chapter 6, verse 1. It says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Verse 2. It says, Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you. As the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that you give, so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. The they have received their reward is singular. It's when you get what you want. If you want and you're doing these things, and here's the problem with kind of cultural Christianity, um, we can be people that look really good on the surface and do really good things, but the only reason that we're really doing them is so that other people will think well of us. And not that this is why, but one of the reasons we've never passed the plate in the nine years and however months, many months, and we have a fun toolbox in the back that you can drop your giving in to, is because I don't want to guilt you into anything. I don't want there to be a moment that you're like, oh, I'm going to leave this check open in the offering plate. Look at that. And what he's saying here is not like, how do you not let one hand know what the other hand's doing? Because the hands aren't controlling themselves. The hands aren't like, I'm not, you know, you are controlling them. And what they're saying here is that you're not even thinking like, hey, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you. What I'm getting at and what I'm going to talk about today is a struggle for me because I, when I do something good, I want people to know about it. I don't know if anybody else needs a support club of like when you do something nice and people haven't noticed it that you pointed out anybody else come on let's be honest this is the point where you can raise your hand if support like you've just done that nice thing to somebody and and maybe you won't tell the world and maybe you won't post it on facebook or instagram but you, i'll go home and be like jody guess what i did today <laughs> my house is gonna be real small in heaven because my rewards you know what i'm saying but what he's saying here is that we want to cultivate what, what and why we're doing things behind the truth of what and why we're doing it. I mean, the, the early church, and when he's talking about this, they gave alms to the poor. It was like, um, well, it was basically welfare from the church. They would take care of the need, which is a great thing. And we're not saying we don't want people to do that, but they would literally, if they get a large gift, they would ring a bell or they would acknowledge this great gift or we'd come up here and go, thank you so-and-so for giving blah, blah, blah for the building fund, which if you want to give a big check, probably still not going to say your name up here, uh, but you can do that. And don't let your other hand know that it's going to do it. Just write and look, and you just guess how many zeros you put on it. Just kidding. Just kidding. But that was kind of the idea, is that they were doing this thing so that people would acknowledge them. And really, they were giving out of their excess. And I love the stories when it talks about giving, about even the widow's might. That, you know, this lady 
didn't announce anything. No one's acclaiming her. She put the lowest monetary value coin in the bucket. And Jesus is like, she gave more than anyone else because she gave out of her poverty. And, and most of the people here that are getting the acclaim, they're giving out of their excess. They're like, it's not hurting them. They're not thinking about, like, can we pay rent and give this? They're just like, oh. But because it's a significant amount in that term, they're like, oh, acclaimed. And, and Jesus is saying, we've got to be very careful. And when he uses this word hypocrite, um, hypocrite is... is Literally, and we, we think about it in different terms, but it's literally like a play actor. And that's the reference here in um, the New Testament is, you know, there was, there was theaters that came around and the actors would be the hypocrite. That's because they're playing a part that's not really them. And what Jesus is after is he's not really interested in the part you're playing. It's he's interested in the person that you are. And then verse five. He says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. They've gotten what they wanted. They didn't want connection to the father. They wanted approval from people and they got it. And people probably looked at them and like, man, what a great person of God they are because they stand on the corner and Pray, or they're in the synagogue, which we'll talk about in a second. It says, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who is in secret will reward you. There's a scenario that is played out in the New Testament where um, a Pharisee, which is a religious ruler, comes into the synagogue and he prays real loud. He wears his important clothes. Probably looks real neat. He got the most iron shirt that he had. He looks good. He stands up and he says, Lord, I am grateful that I'm not like these. And he points at these heathens. And then he talks about all these good things that you do. And I give and I do and blah, blah, blah. And right beside him, there's a tax collector, which is the worst of the worst in their opinion. And he's beating his chest and screaming to himself, forgive me. A worthless sinner. And Jesus says, who left justified? See, Jesus is after the secret part of you. And the way that you're going to cultivate a life that you want in Christ is going to be only cultivated in the hidden you. Because the danger part of a public you, meaning you can, and here's kind of the danger. Yes, we give you T-shirts if you serve. And I know they're very coveted. And they're nice and they're soft. And you'll want one. You want one. I'm just telling you. If you've not had one, you want one. You don't even know it. But there is a danger that you may come here and you may serve in our kids' ministry, which we're always taking new applicants for. You may serve on our worship team. You may serve in our sound team. You may serve in our setup team. And you may think, man, I am doing this. And you may do all of these public things. You may even put great sums of money in that box. But if you don't cultivate the hidden you, it's just superficial. It's it's just religion, which Jesus didn't come to create a religious thing that you do A, B, and C. He came so that you can have a relationship with a person, him. 
And that relationship with him is in that secret, hidden place. Then he goes on to talk about what prayer actually looks like. And then he goes into fasting. Verse 16. It says, when you fast, and and notice it says, when you fast, not if you fast. Um, So there is an idea that you should be fasting, which is a whole other conversation. Do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, um, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that you may that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. In that day, they would fast two days a week. And the, the problem is with most rules and most laws that we create, at the beginning, they're real good. So in the beginning, they would literally put sackcloth and ash on as a sign of mourning for their sin. And it was good. Like the reason why they were doing it came from a good place, from a good heart. But it turned into this thing where it's like, look at me. I've got this sack. Oh, he's fasting. Man, he fasts every Tuesday and Thursday. Man, that guy, that guy's awesome. But the problem is... But what were they fasting for? Were, were they fasting because they literally wanted to grow in their knowledge and pursue God and, and, and say no to things that their bodies want because they want to honor God? Or are they doing it so other people would see and praise them and go, man, look how good they are. I mean, we don't necessarily do that, but... Like, I'm scared sometimes when y'all want to be friends with me on the Bible app because then if I feel like I forget a day and I don't read, you're like, oh, pastor didn't read. I mean, there's some accountability on the Bible app that's a little scary. Anybody else? Anybody else miss like three or four days and you're like, did he lose his phone? And so I, not, not so much anymore, but I had people, like, they would like every day, like, like they're watching me. And we don't want to read just because people are going to see it. We want to read because we want to be connected. And and what I'm trying to hit at today is potentially you could look like the best, most spiritual person in the room and be missing God. And, And that's the dilemma. Because... No one in this room, unless they live with you, is going to know the truth about you. Other than you. That's why this hidden life is so important. This is why we have to cultivate these things in us. Because we're a people that love to create a persona. We love to let people see the happy, smiling, perfect person that you are, instead of cultivating the real you, letting them see the real you so that you can change out of that. Sometimes we get so into it that we just forget and we get stuck in this pattern that we're going to show you instead of the truth, which is some of us in this room, we just need to be honest with people so that we can get out of these bad habits. But we're so convinced that they're not going to like us or, or, or they're going to reject us. Instead of just going, this is who I am and I, I need 
to cultivate this. Listen to this in Matthew 23. It says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but the inside is full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisees first clean the inside of the cup of the plate, and the outside also may be clean. See, Jesus isn't interested in you looking like a good Christian. Jesus is interested in cultivating a heart that will make you a good person in Jesus. He, he doesn't want you just looking. And he's talking to, when, it, when I say Pharisees and Sadducees, if you're not familiar with that, those were like the religious leaders. Those were the, the church leaders of the day. And he's talking to them that they do a great job cleaning the outside of the cup. He even tells them that they look like whitewashed tombs. Beautiful on the outside, white and pretty, but they're full of bones. So we've got to start there. If we're going to cultivate a relationship with Jesus and it be successful and thriving, it has to stay in this place that we're cultivating the things that people don't see. Colossians 2, verse 6, says, rooted and built up. It says, therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding with thanksgiving. The root in you is what keeps you standing. You know, these big trees that we have, and we I love a live oak tree. I mean, I, I don't, I would want to buy a piece of property just that had one on it. They're beautiful trees. Well, why, why do these trees stay up during these hurricane winds that we have here? Because of the roots. If we are going to withstand the storms that are coming our way, we have to be rooted and built up in Christ. And that happens in our, lit, or our hidden life. Because here's the truth. In Luke 6, 43, it says, For no good tree bears bad fruit. Nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit, for each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor grapes picked from bramble bush. Uh, The good person out of the good treasures of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. And out of the abundance of our heart, his mouth speaks. I mean, okay, this is... I mean, I want to convict you a little bit. But what's coming out of your mouth? When tension, when, when things don't go your way. Because out of the overflow of the heart, out of that hidden work that God's doing in us, it comes out of our mouth. How how's that look? Like, how, how are those words that are coming out of your mouth? And I'm just going to tell you, I'm not always successful. I would love to say I've mastered. I have learned to say less. and I'm getting better at it. Proverbs 19.10, I think. Um, it says, when words are many, sin will abound. Um, so less is better. But just being quiet doesn't mean that God's working in here. Sure, so i got a couple questions for you. So where are you rooted? 
And, what, you know, to be rooted in Christ, we have to cultivate that constantly. You know, we're not a seed that just gets planted and left and never. I mean, do that in your backyard and see how that goes, unless it's a weed and then it'll grow beautifully. But if we're going to cultivate something, we have to work on this root system that we have in Christ. Another question I got for you. So one is, where are you rooted? What are you doing intentionally? Another one is, who are you doing this for? Which is a hard question. Not one that you necessarily can answer, but like, yes, I'm doing it for the Lord. I mean, because I would say these people that Jesus are seeing, giving, praying, and fasting in their internal, if you had a conversation, they would say, I'm doing this for the Lord. But Jesus is seeing it and going, hmm. You're doing it for the reward that you've already received by the people who have seen. And here's my last question for you. What are you doing to cultivate this hidden life? Uh, we talked at the beginning of the year and had lots of conversations. With people are like, man, I'm in the word. I'm excited about it. And at the beginning of the year, it's easy. Now, we're well in. We're in the fifth month now. And I'm not going to have you raise your hand of how that Bible plan's still going. But I am going to say that that is, and this is how we started our living Jesus is greater. There, there is no living Jesus is greater without a life in the word. Because we will create our own truth. We will create a version of something we've heard before, but we need to be in the word so that we can cultivate this hidden life. It, it, we, we cannot work on the inside of us without being in the Word of God. And, and, and I say that not to convince you like, oh man, it's, it's kind of like, oh, it's hard to get back in. Like, the beauty of the grace. And I don't know, uh, for those that are reading the one-year Bible, hopefully at this point um, you've seen how gracious God is. When the people realize that it's not going well by their own rules and living. And when they call on the Lord, what does he do? He responds and he comes and frees them. I, I don't know, but looking through these stories, I mean, they would do wicked, evil things. Completely cast out. Not like, hey, I'm kind of going to church. but I'm, They would literally bring in other foreign gods. They would worship others. They would do all the things that God had told them not to do. And at the moment it got to the point that they were ready to repent and say, God, we need you. God returned and he, he, he sent a rescuer to redeem them. And he, here's the beauty for us. And the beauty of the gospel is the moment we realize that the things that we were trying to cultivate weren't working or the things that we know we should be cultivating, we've stopped doing. The moment we realize that, we can just say, God, I need you. And the beauty of it is that he loves to return. He loves to build people back from what they were. And he does that in our hidden life. So what about Bible studies? Like just reading, because we can get into this pattern where we just like, we knock it out. And, and if you've got the Bible app, you can put that thing on play and you can listen to it and not hear a single word of it. Been there. Okay, we can confess. We listen to it, but like, check, did my Bible reading. 
and, and feel like, man, but I'm still missing something. Uh, part of that Bible reading is we should be studying pieces, sections of it that we spend time cultivating in it. Um, hopefully, last week, some people in this room got a taste of what it looks like to have a prayer list and actively be asking God to do things and hopefully saw God do some things this week. Well, I encourage you that sometimes, and if you've read the Bible, sometimes it takes a little longer than seven days. And so I encourage you, part of that hidden life is a prayer life. It's cultivating prayer lists, cultivating, like, what, who am I going to be praying for? What do I need to be praying for them for? And again, there's great books on that. Uh, the end of um, the book that I recommended last week, he actually goes through setting up this card system. And it's super convicting. Of, of decades that he's been praying over these cards and adding things to them. And I encourage you, have a prayer list. This isn't as secret, but I think cultivating our life with Christ has to involve serving. Has to involve you doing something not just for you. And it could be hidden. It could be serving from afar. And another great way... To cultivate this, um, and it's an ugly word, it starts with an A, it's called accountability. Everybody's like, oh, we like that word. You like it, until that accountability person says, you're not doing what you said you were going to do. And so I encourage you, this, this, is, this is my ploy. I'm going to invite our worship team back up. This is my push for you this week. There is no life, there is no real life with Christ other than the hidden life. That's where it's cultivated from. That's where it springs from. If you're not working on that, if everything that you do for and with Christ is seen publicly, you're missing the life that he's calling you to. Out of this hidden life comes all of our public life because he gets to cult, shape and cultivate us. And I, I want to encourage you. If, if you want more of Jesus, if you are called or maybe you're even calling yourself his son or daughter. It doesn't happen without this hidden life. It doesn't happen without this time in the word, praying. Because praying, and just like we talked about last week, and not to beat this drum over and over again. But prayer is a great acknowledgement to the Father that you cannot do what you need done. And if you can cultivate a prayer life, you will cultivate a life needy and when you pray you go to a giving god and you say god i need you because i I can't do it and and to be completely honest some of it may be this maybe your life with christ is just not what you want it to be he's the greatest place to go and say god i'm missing something and i need it You get to ask, the, the, the beauty of right now, we're going to worship, is that you today can be like, God, I'm wrecking this. I'm messing it up. Maybe you're not the husband or the father or the wife or the mother or the fill in the blank that you want to be. And you doing the work of it isn't working 
The beauty of Jesus is you can just go, God, I need you. I'm desperate. And for the parents in the room, if there's nothing that gets you more needy than having children. Because if you haven't figured that you're not in control yet, children remind you over and over and over again. And that's exactly why we need to cultivate this life of going, God, I'm desperate for you. Like, I, I need that. I need that place in my life that I'm plugging in to Jesus. Because I will lie to myself over and over again. And so some of it is just going, God, I'm desperate for you. I, I need you. I don't know what it looks like. So some of you might, I don't even know where to start reading. I don't know what to read. I don't know what to study. I don't know what to do. We don't have all the answers, but we would love to help you get connected. We'd love to say, hey, here's, here's something worth reading or here's a study worth doing or there's some that are actually going on right now. But if you can't do it by yourself, which we can't, we need other people, find some people. That's the beauty of a room like this. There's a lot of people that you probably don't know. Um, but there's a lot of people in this room that need exactly what you need. And it's easier and better doing it together. Let's pray. Jesus, right now, we're not hidden from you. We're known by you completely. There's no fooling you. There's no hiding what's really going on in our hearts. But you know. You see right through us. And the greatness of the gospel. Is that you know. That we need you. So Lord. We're grateful that in our mess. You'll take us uh, the moment we turn to you and say, God, we cannot. We've learned that this way isn't working for us and we need you, that you come and restore and rebuild. So, Lord, I I just pray that today, um, not that we would fix our hidden life, but, Lord, that we would be focused on this life of loving you. And spending time with you and it cultivating us into the people that you've designed us to be. So Lord, we thank you for conviction that moves us to action, that moves us into repentance and love for you. And Lord, we just pray against condemnation that would speak and whisper into our ears that we're worthless and and he doesn't want us. Lord, I pray that you would fill our ears with. That come, come to me all you weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Lord, we need you for so many reasons. Lord, would you bring healing? Would you bring restoration? Would you bring change today that comes from inside? We love you, Lord. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, be sure to visit us online at reachcommunitychurch.com.